It's Thursday at 11 a.m. And you're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or The Griggs Beat. Let's get into the action. Good morning and welcome into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM for the last time of sophomore year, the last time of the spring 2023 semester, and I guess you could say the end of season four. It has been a ride. If you've been here since the very beginning, August of 2021, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Or if you joined in January of 2022 when Griggs and I started running this thing together, thank you as well. It has been a ride, and I've really, really enjoyed every minute of this show. It's always a little sad, last one of a semester, particularly in May, because, you know, you're not going to be back until August. So, you know, just a little emotional today. Griggs, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Done with finals now. A little bit congested a little bit, but we're doing good. Yeah, I've got one more today at 1.30. Because of that, this show will only be running an hour today. We're just going to get you some of what you need to know in sports today, and then we're going to get out of here so I can study pack and then go home so we're just going to rip the bandage off the Boston Bruins sold uh blew a 3-1 lead as the team with the most points in NHL history and whatever it happens the rest of these playoffs have been phenomenal they did pull a Toronto which is sad but no because we actually have made it out the first round uh, recently so yeah that's true. Even though they Toronto did make a pass this year, but uh, we aren't the same. Then again, I think what the what the Bruins really problem was at the end. I think they were just going a little too hard, maybe I the regular season. I don't think it's really that as much as I think it's just their ego got way too big heading into the postseason, and they were sloppy. Because I, if you look at it, and this is you know someone who's watched just about every Bruins game this year, with few exceptions, I probably watched about sixty, not start to finish, but just at least a little bit of it. And towards the end, I definitely noticed they weren't going as hard. It was just they were things were just working at that point. They were subbing more uh, frequently, playing around with more lines, like doing stuff that high-ranking teams and um, pro sports normally do towards playoff time. So that's not what I thought the problem is. I just think they got their their heads got too big, and Olmark just completely collapsed. Really, like he was not I mean, what we saw. I mean, I mean, you had a, a chance to wrap it up in Game Five, and then a turnover in game five gives it three two and they go back to Boston or go back to Florida off of that that's yeah and I don't really put the game seven loss on Swayman I I know I wouldn't yeah I think um I think that they should have made the switch over to Swayman after game five and not I wouldn't have waited till game seven personally but you know whatever still a great year um a phenomenal first year under new head coach uh, Jim Montgomery and if this was it for Patrice Bergeron, thank you for a phenomenal career. It was awesome. So, so glad I got to be a Bruins fan during your career, and I'll miss you. But this team's here to stay. Contrary to popular belief, the pieces are here. You know, you've got Hampus Lindholm. You've got Pasternak locked up. You have Charlie McAvoy. You have plenty of people to build around. I'm excited for the future of Bruins hockey. Uh, Brad Marchand, if... um. If Bergeron decides to retire, Brad Marchand will almost certainly be the captain. I would be so, so happy with that. And, yeah, but the rest of these playoffs have been great. Toronto was able to get out of the first round. Yeah, Toronto looks really good right now, even though they did lose the other, they did lose the other day to Florida <clears throat> or the Panthers um, with Tuchuk just playing a really, really good player right around now in the playoffs. He's been phenomenal in this series so far in the game one and then as well as the Bruins series. 
But yeah, Toronto did make it out of the first round for the first time since I think '03, and yeah, helped out by the American Austin Matthews last year's NHL MVP. So yeah, it's been a great playoffs. And then last night was crazy, where you have Vegas beats uh, the goal, um, Vegas wins over the Edmonton Oilers. That's always a good thing when the Oilers lose. They lose. Uh, Four, six to four off of Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl having a four goal game, two in the first, three, two in the third period. He still proves he's one of the top players in the league. It's kind of crazy to think that a guy like that is still the second best player on his team. Sure. Um, and that's only because the best player in the world right now is lining up with him. And because of that, you would think this team would be better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be honest, McDavid really hasn't shown anything in these playoffs. In playoffs, that's like his one one thing people kind of harp on him for a little bit, where he's not really producing the playoffs that much. Yeah, um, I feel like that's just one of those things that's hard to teach. Mm-hmm. So I don't really hold it against him too much. He's still young, uh, still a learning curve. So I'm sure they'll get there. Uh, I don't think it'll be with Edmonton though. I think they're they're going to shake things up pretty soon. But tonight, game two. Florida, Toronto, 6 p.m. Central Time on TNT. And then at 8.30 Central Time, TNT, this is one I'm really excited about. The Seattle Kraken at the Dallas Stars. The Kraken won their first playoff series in franchise history as this is only their second year. And a win tonight, they'll go back to Seattle up 2-0 in the series, putting themselves in prime position to at least take this one 6 or 7. And I think they'd win if, if they can lock up game two I think that Seattle would move on to the Western Conference Finals yeah I could see that happening I mean they've already played some decent competition I mean the Stars are a pretty good team but yeah if they get two on the road I think they can wrap this one up probably around five maybe six games because I do think Dallas will win a game in the series but yeah that's what the Kraken were kind of building for even though it came earlier than expected where in the expansion draft they did what the Vegas Golden Knights didn't do where they didn't draft experience they drafted uh, younger players, a lot of people out of the AHL, where they could just develop and fit their style of play that they wanted to play. And it didn't really pay off in year one. They were one of the worst teams in the league. But this year it's kind of paid off where you've got all these guys just kind of building together and just mixing and just becoming a better team. And they showed in the first round when they beat the defending Stanley Cup champions that I didn't really see that happening. I thought it's just their goalkeeping action has not been as great this year for the Avalanche. But especially with McCarr getting suspended for a game. That did not help. Uh-huh. And then just kind of looking ahead to this weekend, Game 2 versus the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Time on TNT. All these games this weekend are either on TNT or TBS because on Saturday the second game between Edmonton and Vegas is 6 p.m. Central Time on TNT. And then Sunday, a loaded slate as Game 3 between the Hurricanes and the Devils is at 2.30 on TBS. Um, game 3 versus Toronto and Florida is on 5.30, is on at 5.30 on TBS. And then the closeout, a loaded day of hockey at 8.30 p.m. Um, Central Time on TBS. It is the Dallas Stars at the Seattle Kraken, and that, that's going to be a pivotal game in that series. So I'm excited to watch some hockey this weekend. I can't stand the Hurricanes, man. Yeah, we've can't we've talked them. about that in length here on this show, so no need to go there today. Everyone already knows how we stand on them as well as the not or the, um, Oilers. I mean, it wasn't as bad as last year's playoffs where all the teams we did not like made it out the first round and a few of them made it out the second round where we were like, oh boy. We were texting during the summer, we're like, oh boy, this is not good. Yeah, but uh, I was 
I'll never root for the Rangers at all. Like, the Rangers are one of my least favorite teams. I, you would have thought I was the biggest Rangers fan in that Hurricane series. My dad and I were watching the um, Game 6 in Carolina when the Rangers knocked the Canes out of the playoffs. I was wearing my Rangers t-shirt that I got as a gag gift. And I was like, let's go. I was so, so happy. Um, I really don't know who I want to win this whole thing. Maybe maybe cool Seattle won it. Maybe I'm, I want Seattle out of the West. And believe it or not, I want Florida out of the East. Even though they beat uh, the Bruins, I like the Panthers a lot. I like, yeah, I like Florida as well. Um, and I mean, whenever you lose to a team, like sometimes it's just not personal. Like, you know, like, whatever, they beat us. They deserve to win. Like, I would be, I would want to lose to the team that goes on and wins the cup. Yeah, I also think, I also, like, maybe I'm not, I'd be okay if Toronto technically won. I wouldn't. Just because I like Austin Matthews as the American, but. I mean, I just feel like hopefully he comes and plays for an American team at some point. I feel like that'd be a cool story. I think eventually he will. And then also with, um, um, be good to have a Canadian team in the final game because I don't really count the 2021 random year. Where you played like the same teams like twenty times. Yeah, the one thing keeping me from mentally signing off with the Canadian team this year is the two that are still in it are my two least favorites. So yeah, maybe another time. Um, maybe another time Canada can win again. Yeah, like maybe like I really like Vancouver. Uh, if if they want to be good, I like Calgary. They fired their coach though. I, I don't like Calgary just because um, in WWE I've never been a fan of Brett the Hitman Hart, and he's from Calgary, so it's just I'm never I'm not a Flames guy. <coughs> But yeah, I think a lot of these series it's were really competitive. I mean, Carolina beat the Brakes off the Devils. I don't expect that to keep up on it won't. um Saturday night. But. I mean, the Devils, I mean, excuse me. The Rangers are a better team than the Hurricanes. I'm sorry. They just if you watch the film and I know all of our listeners because of you, just kidding. Um in the North Carolina area, I'll take full like, responsibility. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, it's cuz of Jordan as well. Um He's like, oh, man, man, we know hockey down here. No, you don't. Shut up. You only follow this team in the playoffs. You don't know That's anything. Yep, you don't know anything. Right. Because, like, life. I tried to talk to my best friend, Jordan, who's a big Hurricanes fan. He's from the Raleigh area. He's like, yeah, dude, this team's so good. Like, Big Hurricanes fan in May? Yeah. He tried to convince me that Sebastian Ajo is the best player in the NHL. And I was like, you, know, you want to know what I said verbatim? I said, Jordan... You're a corrections officer. I think you need to report to your supervisors what you're doing on the weekends because it's probably not above code if that's what you that's think. That's called Kane's craziness there. Yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, it's got a lot. This It's been a really entertaining playoffs, but then it could go south a lot with whoever wins these certain matchups for us. But, yeah, it's been an interesting year for hockey. Hopefully the next time we're talking about this, I have Connor Bedard on my team, and I'll be very happy. Yeah. But that is going to do it for – uh, NHL talk on the Eagles Nest for probably until October or so. Our first show of the fall semester will probably recap what happens in the rest of these playoffs, but full in-depth NHL coverage. We'll be back around mid-October, so once the weather is starting to cool down a little bit, hockey will be back on the Eagles Nest. We're going to step away for two minutes, but when we come back, there's another team in Boston that season isn't over. In fact, they are cooking. And we're going to talk about that right after this. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke, joined by Griggs Blankenberg. And now, um, in his last day as co-sports director here at Weagle, I guess mine as well, Alex Houston. In the last segment, we talked about the NHL. 
Now we're going to switch over to the NBA. Alex, what's going on with you? I'm doing pretty good, Daniel. Always great to step in here on the Eagles Nest. Always love getting to be a guest here on the show. Y'all do some great work. I know. I believe Griggs told me we were talking about the NBA, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. That, that's yes, that, that's I also said that. Oh, that's seconds. true. Okay, yeah. So I, sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I just forget what people say when it's on the air, and it's quite it's quite unfortunate. But I'm excited to talk about that because what a crazy playoffs it's been. Yeah, we'll start with what happened last night. So at TD, I, I want to go. I want to go. All right. <laughs> so the Daniel, Boston go. Celtics, after taking a hard loss in the first game of the series, evened it up in Game Two, beating Philadelphia 121 to 87. Jalen Brown, 25 points for the young man from Atlanta. And Malcolm Brogdon also had a great game, pulling up the box score now to get an exact figure. Brogdon, Brogdon, Brogdon. Who knew it would be so hard to find? I Malcolm found Brogdon, 23. 23 points! What's even crazier is they did this without Tatum really being that effective on the offensive side of the ball, only having seven points. And that just shows how deep this team really is. Like, Jason Tatum didn't really show up last night. That's fine. You got 15 from Smart. You got 15 from Derek White. 25 from Jalen Brown. 12 from Grant Williams. That was a sight for sore eyes, let me tell you. 23 from Malcolm Brogdon. And anytime Peyton Pritchard gets a bucket, it's always a good night. He had eight. And after that, I am so, so excited for game three in Philly. And that's going to be fun. I think this series is going six or seven at least. I don't see any way neither team is winning. It's either going five or six, I think. I don't think it's going seven. I think in, if you're the Sixers, you got exactly what you wanted out of these first two games, even though you get blown out thirty four by 34 points. If you're able to win game one and steal a game before going back to Philly, that's what they want. Obviously, that hostile crowd will be in their favor. I don't know if James Harden will play as bad again in the series as he did last night. Of course, that is part of the James Harden experience, but definitely an exciting series to be had. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do think Philly will... It, I don't think it's. I think it's going to go six at least. Just I don't. I think these two teams will trade. They'll go one and one again, and then it'll be down to who can grind it out in the end. But yeah, this is going to be an interesting series. And it, what you want to have happen on the other side with the Knicks Heat, you don't want you want that this, to, as well to go six or seven, so they're both as tired as well because this is going to be a hard physical series. Being in the 76ers and the uh, Celtics, but and then the Knicks and the Heat, you need that series to go more than five games. If if, if you have the Celtics or the 76ers. Yeah. But in my opinion, this is the Eastern Conference Finals, is Philly and Boston. Um, I don't see um, Miami or New York really being able to compete. But, I mean, then again, Miami did take care of the Bucks, which was admittedly hilarious. And Jimmy Butler is the best player so far through these playoffs. That's true. If, you know, if... Michael Jordan and every other great um, NBA player decides to imbue their soul into Jimmy Butler yet again. Any Heat series can go seven games because his playoff performance is undeniable. And again, right now, though, he is injured, and the Heat were without him when they lost to the Knicks earlier this week. So his health is definitely going to be a factor there. But I think that series can definitely go seven games because both those teams are not very healthy and both very even. Yeah. So it depends. Now tonight at 8 p.m. on ESPN at the Chase Center in San Francisco, California, it is the Lakers taking on the Warriors in Game 2 of the Western Conference semifinals. L.A. took the first game. They're at 1-0, and it is LeBron versus Steph Curry. Now they had this debate the other day on Undisputed where Skip Bayless and all his infinite wisdom said that Steph Curry is not a top 20 player of all time. You want to hear some of the players that he named over that? Uh, I can well, imagine. Quick, before we get into that, I just want to say, if you are a fan of the Eagle's Nest and you take Skip Bayless seriously, please change your radio dial. <laughs> please. 
if you feel so. Wow. Can't wait to check the website analytics on that one and, and see how many people click off the link. All right, no one will. We just shot up. You read you you ready to hear who some of the people were? He said. I guess so. All right. He said um, David Robinson. Oh my lord, that's Dirk, pretty funny. Dirk Nowitzki. Is he from Texas? I had no idea. Skip. He's a Cowboys fan, I'm so not, I've not gone in depth on my Skip Bayless research. But I, I would guess. Um, keep reading. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, James Harden. He okay. Yeah, he is from Texas. Better to all time. And this is the one that got the most people upset what? and He's crazy. He's from Oklahoma. Why is he rooting for all these Texas people? Because <laughs> Oklahoma doesn't have really any pro teams. He's seventy-one. Yeah, he's old, man. He's been a, he's been around a long and, and the, time. And the one that got people the most mad was he said that Bill Walton was better than him. Oh, okay. Um, not to defend the old heads on this one, but pre-injury Bill Walton is probably a top twenty player of all time. Unfortunately, though, his leg kind of fell apart for a moment there, and it was not. And his career therefore went. He became like that sixth man on the Celtics or seventh man, whatever his role was in the eighties, yeah. and so on. So, but when I see this series, yeah. it's, it's LeBron versus Steph. That's what the That's main true. topic is. Like, really Le- though, it's Kevon Looney versus Anthony Davis. That is Come true. Anthony Davis is me being a uh, anti Lakers fan. I will be. I will spit it any way I can. Where AD won this series, LeBron did not do anything. If the Lakers do win, but. This is a big series. I mean, can the Golden State support uh, supporting cast step up to help Steph? Like a Clay Thompson, can Draymond Green score more than six or seven points in a night? Can uh, Jordan Poole play like he plays a lot of the time when they're? I'm not gonna say that when Jordan Poole just is playing at a higher level. Like, can they do that? Where the Lakers are the Lakers? Can you get help from Rui Hachimura? Can you get help from Austin Reeves? Can you get help off the bench from people like D'Angelo Russell? It's series like this, and I know this is random, but I just wish it was possible for both teams to lose. Because I just, I, I can't stand either one. I like the Warriors some. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're a Hornets fan, you got to find something. I get you. No hate. I, get I, you. I will say this. I also just like the Warriors for the fact that Steph, to me, it's very interesting because I just love watching when he takes over games. Cause he doesn't do it the same way that everybody else does, for example. Like every other great superstar of the past however many years is just physically dominant. They're better than everybody. But Steph just, when he gets hot, it's some of the most unbelievable shot making I've ever seen in my life. I think back to some of their previous runs. And even this Warriors team, I think I've got to bet on them in this one because, you know, they were down 2-0 to Sacramento. I just find that their team, I think, will be more consistent than the Lakers. Do I believe Anthony Davis can give 30-23 and 23 every game in this series? Not a chance. Or do you I, I believe don't. Anthony Davis is going to be healthy for every game in that, this that's series? Also, no. That's also – and, and Kevon Looney still got his. He's still got 23 rebounds, by the way. Not saying he's the secret to the worst success right now, but that man is – play out Kevon Looney, man. Everybody watch out. But for real, though, I think they just – I have more faith in the bottom line of the Warriors than I do of the Lakers. I just don't. I mean, they won by five, and AD had a generational game. If AD didn't have that generational game, do they even win Game One? Well, even whoever wins this series, they got to face the winner of the Nuggets Suns, which right now is looking like the Nuggets going into Saturday night, 9 p.m. on ESPN. The Nuggets are leading the Suns 2-0 in the series. Chris Paul was out for Game Two, and is probably out for Game Three. It has been the Joker show throughout the entire. Entirety of this series so far, as well as Jamal Murray playing like he did in the 2020 COVID bubble down in Disney. These Nuggets are legit. They are tired of people clowning them for being a one seed and saying that this is an easy. They're out in the second round probably, and they're showing it right now. So, and if they finish the Suns in four or five, while this other series goes six or seven, the Nuggets could very well be going to the NBA Finals. 
I definitely think so. I think Jokic, again, I just talked about with Steph, the same The same could almost be said for Jokic when he goes in takeover mode right now. Even though he will not be winning the MVP this year, he's definitely been showing in the playoffs while this has been the best season of his career by far. He's as efficient as he's ever been, and he's as dominant as he's been right now. And the Suns just don't have an answer for him, and I think it's pretty crazy, at least for me, and by extension, I think anybody that watched the Suns' meteoric rise to the top and – Lately, I mean, they've somehow been surpassed by other teams in the West very quickly, very frequently, and sometimes it's been one-hit wonders like the Mavs. Right now, it looks like it's going to be a team like the Nuggets, which are turning into a dynasty of their own. And you know what I feel like is, you know what I call that? The Chris Paul effect. It, it really is. It really is. And it, it, it's tough, Daniel, because I think you're right in the fact that the with, with the way the roster is constructed, with Chris Paul, and they had an older group. Obviously, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Michael Bridges are younger, but still, they had an older group there, and now they've got an older group again. It's kind of a win now or don't win at all, sure. because K- KD's not, in my opinion, going to ever get any better. He's going to yeah. be the same, or he's going to get marginally worse. I think they got this year and next year, I think the Suns, in my I mean, opinion. Chris Paul's getting older. He's getting he's more. He's averaging int- 10 assists a night, though. I know, but he's also playing only... Ten, I mean, he's not playing. I, I don't know what his game numbers were this year. Let me try and look it up and see if I can find it. The amount of games he played. Um, he played, let me see if I can find it. So he played 59 games, which that's not, you know, the, nowadays guys don't tend to play more than 65 games anyway. But if Chris Paul can play 70 games, maybe they're a higher seed. Maybe they have home court advantage in this series versus, because they are going back to Phoenix, and that Phoenix crowd is always good. They could win a game or two there, but just to go back to Denver twice, and that Denver fan base is rabid and hungry for a win. That's just you what know they what are. I always think of when I think of the Suns fan base? The year uh, that they played the Bucks in the finals, the guy with all the money, when Giannis was shooting free throws, he was like, one. Okay, yeah, I remember that. That was pretty so good. And then, and then the end, it blew up in their face, and they lost four straight games. Yeah. Which, I don't know. It, it's very tough because they've gone in a win-now mode, and it just doesn't look like it's going to pan out because right now they're facing a generational player in Nikola Jokic who has basically just said – I'm not going to win the MVP this year, but I'm going to show you guys why I'm one of the best players on the planet. Yeah. 30, I mean, he had, what, 39, 16, and 5 last game, whatever the yeah. crazy number was. Yeah, I think they still got this year and next year. Even if they if they can get one back, that helps this series. But I think they got next year as well. I mean, you still have – Chris Paul at least has one more year. He's 37. And he's right still – He's even though he he's – like already only played fifty nine games. He did have a bad injury this year. I think he also had uh, extended COVID or whatever they want to call that. But he also had thirteen and nine, which is help. I mean, you're not going to be the number one scorer with a team with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. But just that those assist numbers are going to be able to keep him going. But yeah, like the Nuggets are really stinking good right now. Like Jokic, if it wasn't for Jimmy Butler, I'd say he's the best player in this playoffs. And I, I think right now he's certainly making that argument. And again, this is you know what the Nuggets should have been if Jamal Murray didn't get injured recently, you know, because now he's back and he's not even at full strength right now, but Jokic just needed somebody else to take the ball out of his hands exactly, for like yeah, five yeah. seconds. Yeah, let's talk about the series we've not talked about yet is the Knicks Heat that gets series. This tie game three will be on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. on ABC. It is in the Kaisa Center. It's the new name for the Miami Arena. Miami American a- Airlines trap for cash, question mark? Oh, wait, it was, it was Yeah, that's right. I forgot and about yeah. that. And then uh, it will be the Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler should be back in this one. Did not play in game two. The Knicks won by, I think, they won by what, like three or four? Or something like that. I can't remember how much they won in game. Something like that. But yes, it is. They are back. They won. Uh, they won by uh, six. Six. Yep. Yeah. So the question is now: Can Jimmy Butler return to what he was? And I mean, they only beat the uh, the Heat by six without Jimmy Butler. So if that supporting cast of the Heat can step up like they did on 
what was it, Tuesday night, then this could very well become a very good series for the Heat and kind of swing back in their favor. You know what I would really like to see from the Heat? What would you like to see? Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, no, no, no. I'm here. My, my, I thought my ESPN crashed, but it didn't. Do you all remember in the bubble that Duncan Robinson went absolutely mental? And he got that giant contract? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool to see it again. But And Jamal Murray went crazy in the bubble. The resurgence of the bubble superstars is happening now. Yeah, but Jamal Murray's just like someone who is on my radar. But Duncan Robinson, that just came out of nowhere. Duncan Robinson's a lethal three-point shooter. I love Duncan Robinson. But I mean, he's he's not playable anymore on this current with this current like situation that they have with the Heat because you know they've gone to such a defensive lineup and he couldn't stop me out there. Like I like I, I love like I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he could obviously, but the whole point is like he is a pretty good three point shooter, but he's just so bad defensively. I mean, you can talk about that for a lot of players. I mean, like look at like Trey Young. Like I'm surprised they left him out for that final possession against Boston. But in game Trey five. can score 40 and can hit a logo three to win a game. Duncan Robinson's yeah. not going to hit the logo three to win the game. That's the difference: is that you can be a bad defensive player if you're scoring 30 and 10, which is what Trey can do on any given night. That's yeah. that's the same with James Harden. Same reason Steph is great is because it's worth it. But Duncan Robinson is a is a catch and shoot. He's he's a three and D player, but there's no D. There's it's just it's just three, and then you just it might as well be four on five on the other end of the court. It's just and it's unfortunate because. Like, I remember thinking that last year when the Heat were facing, it was the Celtics in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I was like, where's the Duncan? Because I, I don't really, I don't tune into NBA as much as I used to. And I was thinking to myself, where's Duncan Robinson? I use him right. in 2K all the time. And then I would like Googling, and it's like, yeah, he's basically unplayable, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think the Heat win this series. But, I mean, if the Knicks are going to win, it's got to be from someone helping Randall and Brunson, I think. Like, they can't win. By like R.J. Barrett. Exactly. Perhaps. That is going to do it for our talk on NBA. When we come back, we are going into the world of the Major League Baseball. Do not go anywhere. Second half of the show is coming up. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Griggs Blankenberg with me as always. We had Alex Houston on for some NBA talk in the last segment, and now it's time for something that's been going better than expected for me, at least. Uh, MLB, as our you know system appears to have frozen here, so that's why we didn't have our normal intro music, but we ball. We ball indeed. Let's go. What we normally do for the MLB, let's start in the American League standings. We'll start in the American League East, still at the top. I would of like the... to read a fifth-place team, if you don't mind, when you get there. All right, sounds good. The Tampa Bay Rays are in first place with a uh, with a 25-6 and six record, fall four and a half behind by the Baltimore Orioles. Toronto Blue Jays, seven back. Boston Red Sox, seven and a half back. Start spreading the news. We're going to get copyright strike now. This team is mid... That's right. The New York Yankees, last place in the American League East, 17 and 15 record. That has them a eight and a half games back out of first place. When all, I'm not going to name any names. There, there are two people who might or might not listen to this who know I'm talking about them here, who told me for months and months and months that the Yankees were going to be in first place all year. Well, you're not. You're in last because your team's mid. And I know how that makes you feel. It makes you feel fraudulent. And, you know, that's just how your team is since they haven't won anything in 14 years. If a kid was born the last time the Yankees won a World Series, they're a freshman in high school in the fall. That's just how bad the Yankees are. A freshman in high school. It's been 14 years that they've been – hold on, let me do the math in my head. Yeah, that sounds about right, I think. Yeah. If a kid was born in 2018, the last time the Red Sox won the World Series – they haven't started first grade yet. That's a lot better than high school. 
Yeah. They're getting pimples on their face. You're teaching them how to drive. And the Central Division is the Minnesota Twins, who are at the top of the division with a 17 and 14 record. So if the Yankees were in the Central, they'd be the second place team right now. It's kind of funny. Uh, Guardians are three back. The Tigers are four back. White Sox seven back. And the Royals are nine back of the Twins. This is just a dumpster fire of a division. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And um, I wish the Red Sox were in this division since they would be in first place because they're just that team. Um. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the West. The Texas Rangers are still in first place in this division with an 18-12 and 12 record. Uh, one and a half games back are the Angels. Two and a half back are the Astros. Four back are the Seattle Mariners. And then the worst team in all of baseball, the Oakland Athletics. Twelve and a half back. Six and at 25 is their record. Man. The pictures. Have you seen their pictures of the games on Twitter? Yeah, they're bad. It's so sad. I hate to see it. I really do. Well, it's because they've never, they've not put, excuse me, they've not put anything into the team in years. No, I remember like 2018, I think it was. Like, that was the last time people were like, okay, like the A's could actually do something. Because, you know, you had Sean Manai on the mound who was shoving. Uh, let's see, who else was on that team? I remember they were getting 2014, the year that they had that, like, long wildcard game with the Royals and the Royals yeah. lost in the World Series. That's the last time I remember them being like consistently good. Yeah. But but yeah, that's and just how it goes sometimes. And if the Rangers can stay at this top now that they got the Grom back, I mean I mean the Astros can't be um, I mean they're only two and a half back. So this is a very very easy to, uh series to get back. I mean even the Mariners are four back now even though we thought they'd be better than it is now, but we'll see what happens, but Maybe this is the year the Angels actually make the playoffs and do something, but that'd be kind of crazy. Not. Yeah, I know. Let's move to the National League. In the uh, National League East, we have the Atlanta Braves, who are the best team in the National League. Right now, 21-10. Five back are the Mets as well as the Marlins. Six and a half back are the Phillies, and eight and a half back are the Washington Nationals. The Braves lead this division by a lot, and the Mets just got swept by the Tigers yesterday. It happens. It does. I mean... I think the big thing with Braves fans, I've not watched a ton of Braves games, but I think about something in a second. But um, just with the Braves, it's like as long as their pitching can stay consistent, I think they can do it. Like they have the bats. It's just a matter of can the bullpen get them through. Like you know what I'm talking about, Daniel? Yeah. I just think they just need to have a solid bullpen the rest of the way, and I think they can do this. Yeah, I think so too. As, and then when he – be smart in the or later part of the year where if you've wrapped up your division, don't be – don't you have some in players with an injury pass. Do not let them play more than they need to. That's what I'm going to say. And I feel like that's kind of the whole reason that September call-ups are a thing. Yes. And, um, you know, like they're the only sport that really has anything like that. And I'm – I guess it's because, like, other teams don't really have – aren't as dependent on their, like, farm systems as uh, the MLB is, but – yeah, you take advantage of that. You get experience for the young guys, especially in those games that just don't really matter, and you just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the National League Central. The Pittsburgh Pirates are actually in the top of this division and sitting with a 20-11 record. A game and a half back are the Milwaukee Brewers. Four and a half back are the Chicago Cubs. Seven back are the Reds. And the worst team in the entire National League are the St. Louis Cardinals with a 10 and 21 record, 10 games back of the Pirates. It's just, it's like, it's kind of what Daniel's saying with his Yankees talk. I'm going to get a second here. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's not like they're 
eight and a half back like the Yankees, where they're still over five hundred. No, they are ten and twenty-one. We were talking about as this team being a contender in the National League. I'm not seeing anything of that right now. They are two and eight in their last ten, five and ten at home, five and eleven on the road. They have no juice coming up in the starting pitching. And Wilson Contreras, what happened? How are you losing games now after leaving the Chicago Cubs? And Jan Gomes is a great offensive catcher. But, I mean, yeah, it's kind of what the Cubs I'm saying all year. It's been, they're sneaky, not bad. Once we, get to the end, once we get to the end of May, I'll be able to get a good grasp of what the season will hold for us, whether it's let's not, let's not get our hopes up or can we get a wild card spot. Cause... Yeah, that, that's kind of right where I'm at with the Red Sox. Um, you know, obviously you're within striking distance of third place, and the AL East will have three teams make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. They're they're just that good. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I would love to see Boston be a wild card team, especially if the Yankees somehow do fall apart and don't miss the playoffs. There's a certain person that we know who would never hear the end of it for me after all the trash he talks baselessly. I mean, that's mean for you to talk about Joey like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely who I was talking um, about. Um, but, yeah, I think the Yankees will – they've had a little bit of that injury bug, really. But And maybe it's just karma. You know, like their fans just often treat people bad. They trash the subway after the game. They go and leave a bunch of garbage in the Bronx. And, I mean, you know, like as Johnny Cash once said, God's going to cut you down. So, I mean, you just don't really want to mess with, like, the bad mojo and stuff. And that's why, like – I really like how the Red Sox fans clean up the Fenway neighborhood after the games, and they always tip really well at the sausage cart. I've seen a lot of memes from sausage carts recently. Bro, they're so good. You haven't lived until you have sausage from a Boston sausage cart. I will say just be careful because you're only one game above them right now. You're talking about karma right now. But Alex Cora is a good dude, and Aaron Boone just – Alex Cora? Yeah, Alex Cora is a good dude, and Aaron Boone is probably – I mean, I'm so allegedly, I'm so. Let's, I'll bash the Yankees here for a second. I'm surprised Aaron Boone still got a job. Like, I know he's so bad. Like I don't get that. Like they have a good team. Like they're not performing in the postseason. Like they are on paper a really good team. But. His decisions are bad. Like I mean, yeah, I just don't really get some of the things he's done. Like last year, that was inexcusable. I mean, I loved every minute of it because. <laughs> They spent five years saying, oh, if Houston had been playing fairly in 2017, we would have won. And then they just got their butts swept um, five years later. And, then, you know, that's just what the Yankees do. Like, yeah, you have a bunch of rings from when you were playing a bunch of corn farmers in the early uh, 20th century. And you're like, oh, we're this team. No, you're no, not. What I go, what I, my go-to when I talk about past championships is I say the whatever town the city's in, YMC, and then add YMCA. Yeah. That's what I say it. But, yeah, moving on, let's go to the West. It has finally happened. The Arizona Diamondbacks have been dethroned at the top of the NL West. It is now the Los Angeles Dodgers with a 19-13 record. They are on a six-game win streak, the longest currently in baseball, only beating the Red Sox out by one game. Uh, next up are the Arizona Diamondbacks with a 17-14 record. One and a half back, followed by the Padres, two games back. Giants, five games back. And the Rockies, seven and a half back. So we're returning to normalcy a little bit in the NL West, but... Yeah, it was only a matter of time. Especially when I think the Padres will eventually pass the Diamondbacks, so it will kind of be like what we thought it was going to be. Even though I did think I did thought the Giant the Giants were going to be above the Diamondbacks, but I thought the Rockies were going to be in last. But I mean, Arizona kept it competitive. We talked about them for three or four straight shows of being the top team in the West. Sure, but you know, just stuff happens. It's baseball. It's baseball. 
Let's look at some of the leaders in the stats category. Starting off with the batting average leader, it is Luis Arias of the Miami Marlins with a 4.3432 batting average. He's the only over 400 batting average player still remaining. Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays next with point. 364, and then rounding out the top three, it's Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves with a .355. In the home run race in the first place, it is Max Muncy with 12 home runs for the L.A. Dodgers. Followed in second place, tied for second, are Patrick Wisdom of the Chicago Cubs and Pete Alonso of the New York Mets with 11 apiece. Fourth place, Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox with 10. And rounding out the top five, it is Ozzie Albies of the Atlanta Braves with 9. Good to see Ozzy kind of stepping into his own a little bit. Last year was a little bit of a down year for him, um, but another one of these young guys that the Braves have locked up for a very long time. Uh, runs batted in. RBI leader is Adolis Garcia, 31 so far for the Rangers, second and tied for second on the top podium. Randy Rosarena with 28, as well as Pete Alonzo with the Mets. Randy Rosarena with Tampa Bay. Uh, going into the hits category, it is tied for first between Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves and Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays with 43. And then a three-way tie for third. Alex Verdugo, Luis Arias, and Bryson Stott of the Red Sox, Marlins, and Phillies, respectively, all at 41. And then stolen base leader, it's still R.A. Jr. Do they call him that, R.A. Jr.? What's no. his nickname? Ronnie. 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 Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves with 14 stolen bases. In the starting pitching category, leader in the clubhouse for wins, Shane McCallahan. McClanahan. McClanahan with six wins, tied for second, or three pitchers. Garrett Cole of the Yankees, Kershaw of the Dodgers, and Joe Ryan of the Minnesota uh, Twins, both at five. Earn run average, Sonny Gray's the only unsub one ERA with a .77. Next up, Garrett Cole and Justin Steele in the top three. 1.35 for Cole, 1.49 for Steele. Saves Emmanuel Classe and Josh Hader. That sounds about right. Leading it off at the top with 10 each. Jordan Romero of Tor- uh, Toronto at nine, as well as Bedner and Seawald of the Pirates and uh, Mariners, respectively, at nine and eight. And then the strikeout leader, it is Shohei Otani, 59 Ks, followed by Zach Gallen and Spencer Strider of the Braves, 57 each. And quality starts leader, we have a three-way tie for first. Garrett Cole of the Yankees, Marcus Stroman of the Cubs, Fraber Valdez of the Houston Astros, and then Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Guardians, all with six. And I'll give some credit where credit's due. It only took two years, but Garrett Cole's finally learned how to pitch without spider tack. we got to give props to the Yankees when it's due. Sure. Congrats I mean, to yeah, you can d- actually do something good without cheating. Congrats like, to Gary Cole for not cheating. Yeah, but congrats, yes, buddy. That is going to do it for this segment. When we come back, it's our last segment Aww. of the school year. I know, Sab. We're going to recap some of our favorite moments of this year, talk about some funny bloopers and everything. We'll be right back. Last segment of the semester coming right up. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM for the last little bit of the school year last little bit we're gonna talk about some of our highlights lowlights a little bit of everything in between i think we have to start off with our nfl preview that was yeah that was terrible. quite the doozy where i think me and daniel both said our teams respectively would be playoff teams it came down a lot later than we thought it would sure but yeah not the bucks the bucks had other stuff to say but yeah it was some a little bit of freezing takes and then as well as um my prediction of baker mayfield be good for Carolina, not great. Uh, Auburn football got me. I said they'd go nine and three. I see that. Yeah, I think I said I think Jack convinced me they were going to go eight and four, and I originally said they're going to go seven and five. So not great. Yeah, Auburn football was definitely the biggest blooper for us this year. Um, uh, Auburn basketball didn't go too well. 
Well, it's been better than football, technically. Oh, I mean, yeah, but the bar was on the floor. Uh, <laughs> that's why people were so in, people were so into basketball more this year, just because of how like mediocre football or under mediocre football was. Yeah. And then uh, you saying the Patriots would win the East? Yeah, that that's not looking good. At, or did not. Oh look good. God, yeah, that was bad. I think you said the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, but they were not going to win the division. <laughs> that's just a that's just a vision I had one night. We both said Josh Allen won MVP, so we really. Yeah, got we got into the, we went into the bill we uh we ate into the bills um mafia we had some of that what else did we say this year um I never had any expectations for the Hornets what else did we have I said the Bruins were gonna be terrible I kind of yeah I kind of remember you saying that there is like yeah, this is their last shot you didn't see anything like that I said the Blackhawks were gonna be terrible um when we had um. We had a bunch of guests on this year. Um, yeah, Nathan, we, King, Nathan King, Adam Cole, Justin Hokinson. Uh, yeah, Justin Hokinson. Uh, getting might get more of those this summer. Uh, sure. We had uh, Jake Crane as well. That was a good show. I think that was the Hugh Freeze episode. Was, yeah, that was yep. a good episode for us. Um, what else did we forget? I think uh, we had some of our friends who came on the show. Yeah, we, like uh, we had Jack Bland, Logan Hurston, Alex Houston, Ethan Miller, Zach Card, our wonderful advisor Billy Ferris. Uh, we had um, Noah on to talk NASCAR last week. That was fun. That was a good time. Um, what else did we get? Um, we had a lot of good stuff this year. A lot of yeah. context since, since we had our first like full school year on the Absolutely. show together. And I think the people want to know what happened with who you, who you got, though. They do. That was, so what happened with who you got, ladies and gentlemen? We got to figure out. We might just call it a tie. I'll make it interesting at the end of the semester because we, we only did who you got for three semesters since Daniel didn't do it by himself. But what happened is I – Sold last weekend, as the kids call it. I went two and eight. Daniel went, I believe, six and four. So our final tallies were we each had eighty-two wins, and I think it was uh, sixty-eight losses, something like that. Yeah. So we tied. So yeah, I I don't know why I picked the Jets over the Knights. I'm such a that was so dumb of me to pick. I mean, you know, you pick with your gut, and then sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes you get burned. Yeah, I. I really and then I picked like other like I thought the Leafs were gonna wrap it up and then the Lightning destroyed them. I think we both picked the Leafs in that game too. Yeah, but that's what it was. That was a fun year of who you got. What else did we get to talk about? Um, this year? I remember, uh, I remember like back when like things were looking very very bleak for Auburn football. So all year. Yeah, <laughs> but one one day specifically, I want to say it was after the Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. We had like a fifteen minute no not. After, Week before Arkansas, I think. We had like a 15-minute just talking about what was going on. <laughs> I think I've heard that, yeah. But, hey, it was really cool to cover this historic Auburn volleyball season. That was fun. Yeah, we both did. I did studio for that one. Uh, what else? We um, we went pretty in-depth. Yeah, well, we talked about like our, our Auburn basketball stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest season from an Auburn perspective. But then again, <clears throat> being being not an Auburn fan forever, I have to, you have to realize this, like, Auburn basketball, from what I've heard from people, were in the twenty early twenty tens, one of the worst teams in the SEC. Yeah, like what Bruce Pearl did here was about equivalent to turning Kansas football into a perennial like New Year's Six team. Is what Bruce Pearl's done. Mm. Yeah, our college football preview with Jack, I really enjoyed that. That was a good. Yeah, that was time. a good show. That was. Um, it doesn't feel like it was as long ago as it was. Yeah, that's actually kind of crazy to think about. Our our NFL show that we did that lasted a while. Um, NBA show. I mean, you said the Celtics were going to do well. I agreed with you. I can't remember what our predictions were for that. I don't know. I definitely said the Warriors were going to win. I think. I think I said Celtics were going to win. For NHL, I know we both said the Avalanche were going to repeat. Not yep. great. 
Not no, great. but I mean, I mean but hey, we, I got us. that last year. I got that right last. So I can't win all the ones by that. Um, what else? Um, some funny moments. What did we get? Um, oh, when we did the phone interviews that always messed up. Those were fun. Yeah, that. Yeah. Not gonna miss that. We fixed no. it though now. Even yeah, we've not I'm, done a I'm new phone. Fixed. Have we done a phone interview since that? No, because the more recent guests have all come in person. That's true. Oh yeah, we also had, did you mention Adam Cole to come on? I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was a good show too, where we just went really in depth on Auburn basketball. Um, the show after um, one of my favorite shows was I think the show after I think it was A and M that Wednesday. Yes. We went. We went deep on that one where yeah. that tried to dissect that. Um, who you got was always great. That's always a lot of fun. Always a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, excited for the fall, man. We're going to have – hopefully we'll have some more good Auburn football stories to talk about. Hopefully we will. So, I guess – Should I know? say the same provision I said last year? Yeah, do it. For, uh, well, this is going to be our last show, guys, for the semester. If uh, We'll maybe have a special show. We do have a YouTube if you want to follow that. Do if you please if you do feel so inclined. It will be in the description of the uh, the podcast platform today. But if Auburn somehow makes it to Omaha again or something or special, Oklahoma City or Oklahoma City for the softball, or is there any other spring sports going on right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. But Tennis, golf, golf. Yeah. If anything happens on big Auburn sports, specifically uh, um, Omaha or Oklahoma City, is that right? Uh, yeah. We will try to do a special show for that. But, Daniel, thank you again, brother. It's been an awesome, finally, first full year here at Weagle. We're going to have a great time again next year. Any final words to the folks before I close it out? Yeah, just like I kind of said at the top of the hour, thank you for just supporting me once again, uh, tuning in every single week, uh, hanging out with us. Um, you know, it's just been a lot of great, great year. We tried some stuff out. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. And, you know, just the trial and errors, just part of it. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, the 2022-2023 season, school year season of the Eagles Nest has come to a close. If you missed any of today's show, check it out on your favorite podcast. Plus, we're listening to our old past episodes this summer if you're feeling bored or sad, if you do feel so inclined. But until August, for the Eagles Nest and for Weagle, for Alex Houston, Daniel Locke right here. I'm Griggs Blankenberg. This has been the Eagles Nest. We'll see you in the fall, everyone. Have a great summer and a war eagle. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.